you received an outline, uh, that reading should be there for you. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have, come, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. For they say, the old is better. This is the word of the Lord. If you'd like to be seated. And let's just take a moment to pray, shall we, before we come to God's word. Lord, we've just sung those words that the heart of worship is all about you, Jesus. And so as we come and as we listen to your word to us this morning, may we worship by offering our lives to you in submission and in obedience. And we ask this for your glory. During the month of August, we're looking at this uh, uh, title, Diary of a Disciple, and we're looking at Luke's account of the life and ministry of Jesus. And we're just picking out a few incidents that Luke records for us, which tell us something about who Jesus is, what he came to do, and what he had to say. And we spent the first two weeks looking at that, looking at who Jesus is that when he went to the, to the temple as a 12-year-old boy, he revealed himself to be more than just a good boy, more than just a good man, more than just a good teacher. He revealed himself to be the Father's Son. And then last week, we, we looked at what Jesus did. And we saw that he not only came to heal sick people, he came to heal sick hearts that he recognized that the problem for all of us is not just that we are sick on the outside, but that we are sick on the inside, and we need to be healed with his forgiveness and grace. This is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus came to do, what came, Jesus came to do. And this morning, we're going to think about what did Jesus say? You see, some people think that, well, to follow Jesus is not just about listening to him it's just about doing stuff 
You may have heard this, um, this phrase, which is wrongly attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, go into all the world and preach the gospel and use words if necessary. It sounds good, but it's not really true. It's used as a way of saying, well, we don't really need words to communicate. Jesus didn't really worry too much about words. He just worried about what he did. But when you read Luke's account of Jesus' life, you can see that that patently is not true. Jesus used lots of words. We have them recorded for us in the Gospels. Jesus used words to tell parables, stories that illustrated spiritual truth. Jesus gave formal teaching when he sat people down and taught them from the scriptures. Jesus gave instructions to his disciples about what they should do or not do. Jesus looked at life and gave observations, spoken observations about life. Jesus entered into dialogue with those who disagreed with him. Jesus gave commands that we need to follow. Jesus had a lot to say. But he also had this amazing ability to sum up in a few words what was required of anyone who wanted to be his disciple. And here in Luke 5, we have a great example. In just two words, Jesus sums up what it means to be a disciple. And those two words are, follow me. Isn't that great? A brilliant two-word summary of what it means to be a disciple. Follow me. That two-word statement is a call from Jesus. It's not a choice we make. It's a call from Jesus. Follow me verse 27, and the response, Levi got up, left everything, and followed him, verse 28. Follow me is a call from Jesus. You see, we like to put ourselves at the center of our belief. We like to say, well, I'll examine it in my own time, and I'll think about it, and uh, I'll make a decision on my terms. But that is never how Jesus defined what it means to be a disciple. Jesus issues a clear call, and the call is, follow me. And as we've already discovered over the past two weeks, if Jesus really is who he says he is, the Son of God, and if he really came to do what he said he came to do, to forgive sins through repentance and faith, then Responding to Jesus' call becomes critically important. So this is the call to us this morning. Jesus comes to us and calls us, follow me. Just two implications of that. Follow the handout with me, it'll be helpful. Firstly, when Jesus calls, follow me, it is a call away from our old way of thinking. A call away from our old way of thinking. It's also a call to something, but it starts with being a call away 
from our old way of thinking. There are great contrasts in this passage when you read it. There's a contrast between the righteous and the sinners, represented apparently by the Pharisees and Levi. There's a contrast between the healthy and the sick that Jesus makes. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the, the sick who need a doctor. There's a contrast between fasting and praying and eating and drinking. There's a time for both. There's a contrast between the new and the old. Jesus draws a parable and draws a contrast between a new garment and an old garment, between new wine and old wine. And Jesus' words in this passage make it clear that there are two very different ways of thinking about life. And that his call requires a change in our thinking from the old to the new. At its heart, this passage is about the age-old question of religion. Who are the good ones and who are the bad ones? Now, for most people in Jesus' time, that was obvious. The good ones were the religious ones who did religious things, and the bad ones were the sinners who did bad things. And there was one particular type of sinner who was especially bad, and that was the tax collector, Levi. Why, why, does, why does the, did the scriptures pick on tax collectors? I mean, no one likes paying their taxes, do they? But when tax collectors are given free reign to basically charge whatever they like in order to line their own pockets, and on top of that are employees of the Roman Empire, then for a Jew, of course, that was the lowest of the low. Tax collectors were classified amongst the baddest of bad. Tax collectors were in the same category as prostitutes. That was the old, established, accepted way of thinking about who was good and who was bad. So when Jesus said he had not come to call the righteous, or had not come to call the healthy, the Pharisees were quite pleased with that because they put themselves in that category. They saw themselves as the righteous, the healthy, the good people. So that meant that they could look at, listen to Jesus' words and say, well, that's not for us, because we're already righteous, we're already good, we're already healthy. So that's quite nice, because we don't have to listen to Jesus. And when Jesus talked about the sinners and the sick, the Pharisees could look at people like Levi and say, well, yes, he's a sinner, he's sick, he's bad, so he needs to listen. And Jesus' two-word call challenges that old way of thinking. It challenges both the Pharisees and Levi to leave behind their old way of thinking and to submit to a radical change of thinking to a new way. We cannot underestimate the power of Jesus' words here. As far as Jesus is concerned, the real difference between good and bad, the real difference between Levi and the Pharisees is not this external behavior, but their willingness to respond to his call on their lives. When Jesus calls, Levi 
is willing to leave behind his old way of thinking and follow Jesus. When Jesus calls, the Pharisees refuse to do that. Instead, they become even more deeply entrenched in their old way of thinking, even more defensive of their position. They just want to continue in their old way of thinking. And actually, what Jesus says to them in the end is, I have nothing more to say to you. You know, if you think you are already good, already healthy, already righteous... If that's what you think, then I have nothing more to say to you if you're not willing to listen. If your response is simply to justify yourself, then I have nothing more to say to you. But to Levi, who was willing to leave his old way of thinking behind him and follow Jesus, there's a party to look forward to, a celebration of the end of an old way of thinking and the beginning of a new way of thinking. And in verse 36, Jesus shows the foolishness of thinking that you can respond to his call by trying to incorporate your new way of life into your old way of life and hold the two together. Instead, the implication of Jesus' call to follow me is to leave behind the old. Take off the old garments. Stop trying to sew patches on old garments. Burst out of the old wineskins. Stop trying to put new wine into old wineskins that restrict and restrain you. Jesus' call is a call from our old way of thinking. And that leads, secondly, to it being a call towards a new adventure. Do you remember the children's story, Peter Pan? The three children, Wendy, Michael, and John, are sleeping upstairs in the nursery. And the nursery door is open, and they go to sleep as normal, expecting it to be a normal night. But through the open nursery door, in comes flying Peter Pan, and he takes them away to a world of adventure, a new world, a different world to what they had ever imagined. They weren't looking for an adventure. Adventure came and found them. A follower of Jesus is someone whose nursery doors have been blown open, to use the picture. A follower of Jesus is someone for whom adventure has come seeking. The new adventure of following him. Now, I'm not sure we really see Christianity in those terms, do we? A lot of people are in churches because they've been there most of their lives. Sometimes we use this phrase, oh, he or she's a practicing Christian. Well, I'm not quite sure what a non-practicing Christian looks like. Presumably, that's an atheist. And the implication is, oh, if you're a practicing Christian, then you take it seriously. You go to church more often. You give to charity. You help other people, etc. And of course, that puts us in control, doesn't it? Because it makes us in a position where we can control how practicing we really are. But Jesus doesn't see it like that. And Levi certainly didn't understand Jesus' words in that way. Verse 29, the first thing Levi does after hearing Jesus' words to follow him is he throws a party. 
and he invites all his old tax collector friends to it. He probably wouldn't have had many other friends because he was so unpopular. So he invites all his old tax collector friends and a few others to celebrate with him. I mean, imagine a party full of tax collectors. <laughs> Pretty boring, I would have thought. But do you notice the phrase in this verse? Verse 29. It says, Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. It wasn't a banquet for him. It wasn't even a banquet for his friends. Primarily, it was a banquet for Jesus. The banquet was to celebrate who Jesus was. The banquet was to celebrate what Jesus had done. The banquet was an opportunity to hear what Jesus had to say. Yes, it was a chance for Levi to give his testimony, to explain what had happened to him, to say goodbye to his old friends, to say goodbye to his old job, uh, to talk about the new adventure of this new life he was entering into. But all of this wasn't so Levi could say to his friends, well, do you know what? I've been pretty stressed and busy in my job. I thought, I've just felt like a change. So I tell you what, I'm going to just change my job, change my career. I'm going to go away and do something different. No, that wasn't what he was saying. The party was in honor of Jesus. The party was about recognizing that when Jesus calls, you don't look behind to see who's following. You recognize the one who is calling and you respond to that new life, that new adventure he lays before you. That's why Jesus goes on to talk about the wine and the wineskins. After drinking the new wine, no one is going to say the old wine was better. I think that was true of Levi. I don't think he ever regretted leaving behind his old way of life and entering into this new adventure with Jesus. Levi had another name. His name was Matthew. And the overwhelming evidence is that he was the author of another diary of Jesus, Matthew's Gospel. Tax collectors had to be organized. They also had to be fluent in both Greek and Hebrew. And when you read Matthew's Gospel, you start to realize how much of that Matthew put into it. He was organized in his accounts, and he was fluent in both languages. Those two skills that Levi had as a tax collector were put to new life later in his life as he compiled his diary of what it means to follow Jesus. Who would have dreamed that the personal, uh, that the corrupt tax inspector sitting in his tax booth, swindling people out of their hard-earned cash, would be called away from that life and would end up writing a book of his new life that 2,000 years later would still be read in churches throughout the world and would still come to us this morning with Jesus' call to follow me. Can I just end with a personal application of this? This has always been a very important passage to me. Um, as many of you know, I spent three years after I left school as a tax collector. I wasn't corrupt like Matthew. <laughs> You'd be pleased to know. I was quite good at my job. I, uh, you know, people said to me, good career, safe career, good pension, civil service, you know, go for it. And I, I tried to be good at my job. I tried to treat the people 
who I, who was taxed, I was taking off them fairly and well. I tried to be a listening ear to colleagues. I tried to be a good witness for the gospel in the office. And those three years were actually a very, very important time in my life and in preparing me for ministry. They were a time when I learned how to do a good job and still be committed to a church. There were times when I learned how to have conversations with non-Christians. There were terms, times when I, I, actually people would come and say, will you pray for me? They were a good grounding for life. And when God called me to a new adventure, I wasn't scared at all. People said, that's a bit of a crazy decision, you know, to launch out into this very uncertain phase of life, following Jesus in that way. But leaving for me wasn't a sacrifice, it was an adventure. But I just want to say this, because I think people get a bit confused here. I was already a follower of Jesus when I became a tax collector. And after I left that job and started training for ministry and went on to paid ministry, I was still a follower of Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus is not about the job you do. Being a follower of Jesus is not a career change. It's not about whether you're paid to do it or not paid to do it. Being a follower of Jesus is recognizing the call of Jesus on your life and following out that call wherever you are, whatever you do. Levi didn't respond to Jesus because it was a good career move. He responded to Jesus because he recognized who Jesus was and he recognized that the words that Jesus spoke were from God. And he realized that if he believed that, what could he do other than lay down his life and ambitions and humbly submit to the Lord Jesus Christ? And as we think about what Jesus said today, that is the only valid response for us to make as well. Jesus' words, follow me, call us to leave behind our old way of thinking and to embark on a new adventure with him at the center of our lives with him as our Lord and Master, and his word directing our every thought and action. So we are followers of Christ.